my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a fantastic week. Uh, just me today. Just a solo show today. I'm trying to uh, to do more of those uh, more often. Uh, I think I had guests every show the last two, two and a half weeks, something like that. So uh, just me. I'm going to answer some questions from the audience. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have some fun. Let's have some fun, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, before I get to everything I wanted to discuss today, uh, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're not too, please give us, give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved with the show, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. All right. Uh, before we get to listener mail, I, I, had a, I had a handful of good questions. Hopefully I have time to get to all of them. Uh, it has to be a little bit shorter of a show today, but you know, as always, next week I'll make it up to you. Um, before I get to listener mail, though, I I, I want to talk about something that the president uh, tweeted this morning because I think it's uh, an important debate and something we're going to be talking about a lot uh, in the coming months and years, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but for for context, Goodyear Tires uh, sent a memo, uh, an internal memo, I believe, to to its employees. Um, that, that said they can wear clothing with pro-Black uh, Lives Matter messaging, pro-LGBTQ messaging, um, but in all their facilities, MAGA hats were banned. Uh, anything uh, that said anything like, you know, Blue Lives Matter or All Lives Matter, anything like that, and any kind of conservative uh, messaging was banned. Uh, okay, that's obviously evil. That's obviously bigoted. bigoted. Uh, Goodyear should be ashamed of themselves. Um, so the president uh, tweeted that Republicans should boycott Goodyear. Uh, you know, he, he, he said that the left boycotts everything and that two can play at that game and, and we should start boycotting uh, these leftist uh, corporations that, that, you know, do things like ban conservative speech, right? We, we should fight fire with fire. They boycott us. We should boycott them back. Okay, I disagree with this. I don't like it, but I don't really have a great answer as to why we shouldn't boycott Goodyear either. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not a boycott guy. I don't boycott anything, right? Uh but I'm running out of good answers why we shouldn't. You know, I am fundamentally against it. I'm not going to boycott Goodyear, but I'm sympathetic. I mean, of course I get it. I mean, conservatives, we, we've been boycotted, silenced, deplatformed, canceled, harassed. Shoot, I mean, lately, beaten on the streets, <laughs> right? I mean, look how the press and the left treat somebody like, you know, Nick Sandman, you know, the, the, the Covington Catholic kid that had his life destroyed for, for smiling, for smiling on camera, and they try to end the guy. Obviously, he had the last laugh. He uh, uh <laughs> took t- <laughs> he took CNN behind the woodshed to the tune of millions of dollars in the settlement. So, I mean, good good on good on Nick. But I mean, look look how the press and the Democrats treat a company like Goya, it, because the the CEO of of Goya said that you know he doesn't hate the president, <laughs> so they tried to boycott him. Yeah, you know, it's like I I don't want mutually assured destruction. I don't think that's good for anybody. You know, like, I don't want a right-wing version of Media Matters. Okay, I really don't. I hate that stuff. I think it's gross. I think it's immoral. But I don't really have an answer. I, I don't have an answer on the inverse either. 
Okay, we we can't. I, I get it. We can't always be the ones disarming. I don't mean disarming isn't you know physically like you know if you're a good libertarian or conservative you'll never lay down your actual firearms never disarm ever uh, buy more guns ladies and gentlemen um, that's not what I mean obviously but uh, it doesn't make any sense like we can't be the ones disarming constantly we can't be the ones you know taking it on the chin over and over and then not that we shouldn't as human beings as as you know if you're religious if you're a Christian obviously uh, turn the other cheek you know when somebody uh, wrongs you we're supposed to turn the other cheek but you know as a as a society we can't be the only ones laying down our arms in the culture war i get that i understand that but i mean i don't want mutually assured, assured destruction i mean uh, are we going to boycott each other out of existence don't get me wrong the left needs to disarm i mean they need to knock it off they need to leave us alone it is the left's fault. Like, I'm not, so I like obviously I I disagree with the president's tweet this morning calling for a boycott of Goodyear. Simultaneously, I I understand and I realize it is one hundred percent the left's fault. They started it. They created this environment of boycotts. The right did not. The left, it's the left's fault. They need to stop this. They need to back off. Or soon it's going to be too late. I mean, soon if it isn't already. The consensus on the right will be to fight fire with fire, fight boycotts with boycotts. That might already be. I mean, that's probably a majority opinion on the right already. But if it's not already, it's going to be consensus here soon if the left does not back off. I believe in liberty. I believe in free markets. I believe live and let live in property rights and freedom of association. I want us all to leave each other alone. That's the only way we move forward as a nation is if we can leave each other alone. Most people on the right agree with me. Like the in the, you know, 80s, early 90s, there was the religious right, you know, ban rap music cuz they say mean words. You know, like there were there is a little bit of that authoritarianism on the right, but that's in the past. It's not coming from the right anymore. People on the right just want to be left alone. The left wants us to submit. They want us to submit to their will. They want to force us to speak and vote and think the way they want it's on them to back off it's on them to lay down their arms and leave us alone or we are going to boycott each other out of existence that's not good for anybody i mean i i I fail to see how that's good for the future of the republic i fail to see how that's good for anyone i mean like look you talk about privilege you kind of have to be privileged to boycott stuff right Especially if it's like a good product that's made cheap. You know, like I, I don't have enough, I'm just being honest with you guys. I don't really have enough money to boycott stuff. Like if I, if there's products that I buy that are affordable, that I enjoy, I'm going to keep buying it. Like I'm not rich, like maybe if I was rich, I could boycott stuff, you know, but I don't know. I, I don't really have the, the financial means to boycott affordable items. So, you know, like if Goodyear, you know, is going to sell me the cheapest tires, I'm going to buy them. I, I, I haven't bought tires in a while. I, I can't remember if I have any good years on any of my cars. I don't think so, actually. But and, and not the point. Anyway, I'm not a boycott guy. It bothers me. But, man, I get it. I sympathize with my fellow men and women on the right that are like, enough is enough. They're trying to silence us. Let's silence them back. They boycott us. Let's boycott them back. I get it. I think it's wrong, but... I, I can't tell you if you're if you're like Brady, we're already past the point of no return. 
we're already in a situation of mutually assured destruction. I mean, I hope you're wrong, but I can't tell, I can't, I don't have any, I don't, I'm not claiming to have all the answers here. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I don't really have a better idea. Except to hope and pray that the left leaves us alone, but they're not really giving me any hope that they are going to. So I don't know. It just sucks. <laughs> That's my point. I, I don't really have a prescription here. I'm just saying it sucks. Let's jump right into some listener mail, shall we? Uh, first question. Just want to know how a peace accord was negotiated with the UAE and Israel that didn't involve hashtag pallets of cash. The Obama doctrine clearly states that we need to airdrop hashtag pallets of cash in order to get things done in the Middle East. Um, obviously, I know this is a you know, sarcastic question, but... Uh, you know, obviously, just aside from President Obama's insane foreign policy, it was just an absolute disaster. He took a disastrous Middle East and made it worse. I mean, circa 2007, 2008, I mean, how could you even look at what was happening in the Middle East and imagine it getting worse? And Obama was like, hold all the beers in the world. Fire up those drones. Let's start three new wars. Libya, Syria, Yemen. Yikes. Uh, but aside from all that, you know, this peace deal between the UAE and Israel is similar to every other peace deal in the history of the world that's actually worked, right? Like, a lot of countries would be fine with peace with Israel if Israel, you know, like, gave the Palestinians whatever land they wanted and just let the Palestinians come into Israeli territory and murder children, if they would give up half of Jerusalem, if they would stop building settlements, if they would, you know... But that's not a peace deal. That's a hostage situation. You know, that would be these Arab countries saying like, hey, we'll stop trying to kill you if you just go away. <laughs> if you give us all your land. You know, that, that, that's, that's, you know, that's blackmail. That's not peace. You know, this peace deal is just both nations. <clears throat> excuse me. Israel and the UAE just agreeing to peace, agreeing to, you know, expanded trade, uh, you know, opening up embassies. It's just peace. It's just peace. It's like, okay, we have a common enemy. That's Iran. Hey, we both like money. We both like trade. Let's trade. It's just a peace deal. It's peace for peace. It's not peace for submission like, you know, a lot of these other countries would like to negotiate a deal with Israel, you know. If you look at any peace deal that had any lasting effect in the history of the planet, it was similar to this. It wasn't like what we did with Iran. Let's give them hashtag pallets of cash and hope they are nice to us. You know, that's that's insane. I mean, that's just insane. Only an idiot would think that hashtag pallets of cash would work. Next question. Let me pull it up right here. Oh, this was a good one. Something that I haven't thought too much about, but I, I think it's definitely worth mentioning. Uh, with people fleeing cities, do you see rural property value going up? People are anticipating uh, a housing crash. I, I don't know um, if there's going to be another housing crash. I don't think there's a bubble like there was in you know, 07, 08 where banks were Essentially just giving anyone a loan for any amount of money, <laughs> right? Like, that that's how you create a bubble. But, yeah, man, I i don't know how that isn't true. I mean, the more people flee major American cities, the more property is going to, property costs are going to go up in the suburbs and in rural areas. Um, anecdotally, I mean, that's what's happening here in Toledo, Ohio. I mean, right now the housing market is on jet fuel, and I don't really know why. I mean, it's, it's crazy in the middle of a, a pandemic that, housing prices are going up and people are buying houses like crazy. The housing market is thriving right now. And I don't really understand why. I don't know where people are getting all, 
all this money <laughs> to buy new homes. But um, at least in my area, in, in Ohio, I mean, houses are listed for a couple days and then they're sold. I mean, they're just flying off the shelves, so to speak. And, you know, even my my little two-bedroom house here in Toledo, the property value has gone up significantly in, in the last couple of years. And yeah, I mean, and the suburbs surrounding the area and the rural areas outside of Toledo, the I mean, property prices are, are just through the roof right now. I mean, if you take my house, move it into one of the suburbs, you're looking at an increase of 40%, something like that. And if you move it out into the country, you're looking at, shoot, a 50, 60% increase in, in the value of my, my property. You know, it is, it is crazy. And, you know, the more people leave these cities, you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but yeah, it's going to become more and more expensive to, uh, to live in the suburbs and to live in rural areas. And, you know, I guess it's good for people already live in rural areas. Their, their property value is going to go up, but it's going to make it more difficult for, you know, middle-class families to move out into rural areas, you know, which kind of sucks. Uh, next question, favorite part of the Democratic National Convention thus far? All right. Um, tough to answer. All right. I'm just going to let, I'm just going to answer honestly. I'm going to let you guys behind the curtain real quick. Okay. <laughs> I'm not watching the Democratic National Convention. I've not watched one second of it live. Not one second, not one solitary second. You know, I, I've caught a few of the highlights. I'll watch some of the clips just to stay informed, but I can't handle it. If I wanted to hear a bunch of people lie to me and talk about how much they hate me and how much they hate everything I stand for, I would just reply to Twitter comments, okay? <laughs> it, would, it would take a lot less time than watching, you know, eight hours a day of, of the DNC. It just sounds, it's too painful. I can't do it. I would just reply to the Twitter tools if, trolls if I wanted to uh, hear people talk about how much I suck, okay? I, I don't really want to deal with that right now. But uh, look, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'll be honest two podcasts today today i'm answering listener mail then i'm going up to the cabin to go fishing for a couple days i'll be back on sunday next podcast is on monday the democratic national convention ends i believe tomorrow right tomorrow night thursday night's the last night i'm banking on something crazy happening on friday or saturday in the news the news cycle completely changes and by monday i won't have to talk about the dnc because everybody will have forgotten that it happened that's typically how the news cycles ha- worked in the last few years. So I'm banking, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll actually break some real news, and I'll have to go back and watch some of these speeches and cover it on Monday. But I'm, I'm guessing, I'm betting that I won't have to because Trump will tweet something crazy or something will happen on you know Friday, Saturday, and then the Democratic National Convention will be a distant memory by Monday. That's what I'm counting on. I mean, look, it's just crazy, man, right? I mean, they, they had Bill Clinton. They had Bill Clinton lecture Trump on how to properly utilize the Oval Office. Okay? They had Elizabeth Warren on a panel regarding Native American rights or, or something like that. A Native American panel. They had Liz Warren. And they had Bill Clinton on how to be a moral in the Oval Office. It's like they're just trolling us. They're laughing at the right, right? They're laughing at conservatives. They are laughing at you. They are laughing at you. They are trolling you. They know Liz Warren isn't an Indian. Everybody knows that she's the whitest person on the face of the earth. They know that President Clinton was credibly accused of rape 
by Juanita Broderick, who I've had on this show, and who I believe, by the way. They know who's been, he, they know he's been credibly accused of rape. They know he used his power to get a blow job in the Oval Office. They don't care. <laughs> like they're just they're kicking sand in your face. They are trolling you. It's it's hilarious. I mean, I don't know. I don't know another explanation other than these people are just trolling you at this point. But no, I, I'm not watching and I suggest that you don't either. Uh, that's it. That's all I got for today. I didn't have very many questions. I only had a handful. I don't know. Twitter's been a little quiet this morning. Pretty strange. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate all the great feedback I've been getting, guys. I really do appreciate all the kind words. Um, I will make. I know this is very short today, but I will make it up to you on Monday and Wednesday next week. I have, I have a couple great guests. I'm still working on going back and forth on Monday. But on Wednesday, I have Kim Klasik, uh, who is the Republican nominee for uh, Maryland's 7th um, congressional district. She's coming on on Wednesday. Uh, you guys may have heard about her in this past week. She released a baller ad, probably one of the most effective political ads I've ever seen. Uh, so go check check her out. Her name's Kim Klasik. She's running for Congress um, in Maryland. Uh, she's coming on on Wednesday. That'll be a fun interview. But uh, yeah, a couple great shows planned for next week. Uh, I love you guys. I appreciate you. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Um.